Act 1, Scene 13 St. Oswald's home for old witches and wizards. This is chaos. This is magic. This is St. Oswald's home for old witches and wizards, and it is as wonderful as you might hope. Zimmer frames are conjured into life. Knitting wool is enchanted into chaos, and male nurses are made to dance the tango. These are people relieved of the burden of having to do magic for a reason. Instead, these witches and wizards do magic for fun, and what fun they have. Albus and Scorpius enter, looking around themselves, amused, and, let's face it, slightly scared. Albus and Scorpius. Um, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, Scorpius. Okay, so this place is wild, Albus. We're looking for Amos Diggory. There is suddenly total silence. Everything is instantly still and slightly depressed. Wool woman. And what you boys want with that miserable old sod? Delphi appears with a smile. Delphi. Albus? Albus, you came! How wonderful! Come and say hello to Amos. Act 1, Scene 14 St. Oswald's home for old witches and wizards, Amos's room. Amos looks at Scorpius and Albus, irritated. Delphi watches the three of them. Amos So let me get this straight. You overhear a conversation, a conversation which was not meant for you to overhear, and you decide, without prompting, in fact without leave, to interfere and interfere hard in someone else's business. Albus. My father lied to you. I know he did. They do have a time-turner. Amos. Of course they do. You can move along now. Albus. What? No, we're here to help. Amos. Help? What use could a pair of undersized teenagers be for me? Albus. My father proved you don't have to be grown up to change the wizarding world. Amos. So I should allow you to get involved because you're a potter. Relying on your famous name, are you? Albus. No. Amos. A potter who is in Slytherin House. Yes, I've read about you. And who brings a Malfoy with him to visit me? A Malfoy who may be a Voldemort... Who's to say you're not involved in dark magic? Albus. But... Amos. Your information was obvious, but the confirmation is useful. Your father did lie. Now leave, the pair of you, and stop wasting my time. Albus, with power and strength. No, you need to listen to me. You said it yourself. How much blood is on my father's hands? Let me help you change that. Let me help correct one of his mistakes. Trust me. Amos, his voice raised. Did you not hear me, boy? I see no reason to trust you. So go, now, before I make you leave. He raises his wand ominously. Albus looks at the wand. He deflates. Amos has crushed him. Scorpius. Come on, mate, if there's one thing we're good at... It's knowing where we're not wanted. Albus is reluctant to leave. Scorpius pulls him by the arm. 
He turns and they walk away. Delphi. I can think of one reason why you should trust them, Uncle. They stop. They're the only ones volunteering to help. They're prepared to bravely put themselves at risk to return your son to your side. In fact, I'm pretty sure they put themselves at risk even getting here. Amos. This is Cedric we're talking about. Delphi. And didn't you say yourself, having someone inside Hogwarts might be a massive advantage? Delphi kisses the top of Amos's head. Amos looks at Delphi and then turns to look at the boys. Amos. Why? Why do you want to put yourselves at risk? What's in it for you? Albus. I know what it is to be the spare. Your son didn't deserve to be killed, Mr. Diggory. We can help you get him back. Amos, finally showing emotion. My son. My son was the best thing that ever happened to me. And you're right. It was an injustice. A gross injustice. If you're serious. Albus, we're deadly serious. Amos. This is going to be dangerous. Albus, we know. Scorpius, do we? Amos. Delphi, perhaps if you were prepared to accompany them. Delphi, if that would make you happy, Uncle. She smiles at Albus. He smiles back. Amos. You do understand even getting the time-turner will risk your lives. Albus. We're ready to put our lives at risk. Scorpius. Are we? Amos, gravely. I hope you have it in you. Act 1, Scene 15. Harry and Ginny Potter's house. Kitchen. Harry, Ron, Hermione and Ginny sit eating together. Hermione. I've told Draco again and again. No one in the ministry is saying anything about Scorpius. The rumours aren't coming from us. Ginny. I wrote to him, after he lost Astoria, to ask if there's anything we could do. I thought maybe, as he was such a good friend to Albus, maybe Scorpius might want to stay over part of the Christmas break, or... My owl came back with a letter containing one simple sentence. Tell your husband to refute these allegations about my son once and for all. Hermione. He's obsessed. Ginny. He's a mess. A grieving mess. Ron. And I'm sorry for his loss, but when he accuses Hermione of... Well... He looks across at Harry. Oi! Droopy draws, like I say to her all the time. It could be nothing. Hermione. Her! Ron. The trolls could be going to a party, the giants to a wedding. You could be getting bad dreams because you're worried about Albus... And your scar could be hurting because you're getting old. Harry. Getting old? Thanks, mate. Ron. Honestly, every time I sit down now, I make an oof noise. An oof! And my feet, the terrible trouble I'm having with my feet. I could write songs about the pain my feet give me. Maybe your scar is like that. Ginny. You talk a lot of rubbish. Ron. I consider it my speciality... That and my range of skiving snack boxes, and my love for all of you, even skinny Ginny. Ginny, if you 
Don't behave, Ronald Weasley. I will tell Mum. Ron. You wouldn't. Hermione. If some part of Voldemort survived, in whatever form, we need to be prepared. And I'm scared. Ginny. I'm scared too. Ron. Nothing scares me, apart from Mum. Hermione. I mean it, Harry. I will not be Cornelius Fudge on this one. I will not stick my head in the sand. And I don't care how unpopular that makes me with Draco Malfoy. Ron. You never really were one for popularity, were you? Hermione shoots Ron a withering look as she aims to hit him, but Ron jumps out of the way. Missed. Ginny hits Ron. Ron winces. Hit. A very solid hit. Suddenly, an owl is in the room. It swoops in low and drops a letter on Harry's plate. Hermione. Bit late for an owl, isn't it? Harry opens the letter, surprised. Harry. It's from Professor McGonagall. Ginny. What does it say? Harry's face drops. Harry. Ginny. It's Albus. Albus and Scorpius. They never made it to school. They're missing. Act One, Scene Sixteen. Whitehall, Cellar. Scorpius is squinting at a bottle. Scorpius. So we just take it? Albus. Scorpius, do I really need to explain to you, Ubergeek and Potions Expert, what Polyjuice does? Thanks to Delphi's brilliant preparation work, we're going to take this potion and be transformed. And thus disguised, we will be able to enter the Ministry of Magic. Scorpius. Okay, two points. One, is it painful? Delphi. Very, as I understand it. Scorpius. Thank you. Good to know. Second point. Do either of you know what polyjuice tastes of? Because I've heard it tastes of fish, and if it does, I will just vomit it back up. Fish doesn't agree with me. Never has, never will. Delphi. Consider us warned. She knocks back the potion. Doesn't taste of fish. She begins to transform. It's agonising. Actually, it tastes quite pleasant. Yum! It is painful, but... She burps loudly. Take it back. She burps again and turns into Hermione. Slight, overpowering, fishy residue. Albus. Okay, that's... Wow. Scorpius. Double wow. Delphi as Hermione. This really doesn't feel how I... I even sound like her. Triple wow. Albus. Right. Me next. Scorpius. No. No way, Jose. If we're doing this, we're doing it. He puts on a pair of familiar-looking glasses with a smile. Together. Albus. Three. Two. One. They swallow. No. That's good. He's racked with pain. That's less good. They both start to transform, and it's agonising. Albus turns into Ron, Scorpius into Harry. 
The two look at each other. There's a silence. Albus as Ron. This is going to be slightly weird, isn't it? Scorpius as Harry. Full of drama, he's really enjoying this. Go to your room. Go straight to your room. You've been an incredibly awful and bad son. Albus as Ron, with a laugh. Scorpius. Scorpius as Harry, tossing his cloak over his shoulder. It was your idea. I be him and you be Ron. I just want to have a little fun before I... And then he burps loudly. Okay, so that's utterly horrible. Albus as Ron. You know, he hides it well, but Uncle Ron's got a bit of a gut growing. Delphi as Hermione. We should go, don't you think? They emerge onto the street. They enter a telephone box. They dial 62442. Telephone box. Welcome, Harry Potter. Welcome, Hermione Granger. Welcome, Ron Weasley. They smile as the telephone box disappears into the floor. Act 1, Scene 17. Ministry of Magic, Meeting Room. Harry, Hermione, Ginny and Draco pace around a small room. Draco. Have we searched thoroughly beside the tracks? Harry. My department have searched once and are searching again. Draco. And the trolley witch is not able to tell us anything useful? Hermione. The trolley witch is furious. She keeps talking about letting down Otline Gamble. She prides herself on her Hogwarts delivery record. Ginny. Have there been any instances of magic reported by the Muggles? Hermione. None so far. I have made the Muggle Prime Minister aware, and he is filing what is known as a misper. Sounds like a spell. It isn't. Draco. So now we're relying on Muggles to find our children? Have we told them about Harry's scar too? Hermione. We're merely asking the Muggles to help, and who knows how Harry Scar might be involved, but it's certainly a matter we're taking seriously. Our Aurors are currently investigating anyone involved in dark magic, and... Draco. This is not Death Eater related. Hermione. I'm not sure I share your confidence. Draco. I'm not confident, I'm right. The sort of cretins pursuing dark magic now. My son is a Malfoy. They wouldn't dare. Harry, unless there's something new out there, something to... Ginny, I agree with Draco. If this is a kidnap, taking Albus I understand. Taking them both. Harry locks eyes with Ginny. It becomes clear what she wants him to say. Draco. And Scorpius is a follower, not a leader, despite everything I've tried to instil in him. So it's undoubtedly Albus who got him from that train... And my question is, where would he take him? Ginny. Harry, they've run away. You and I know it. Draco notices the couple staring at each other. Draco. Do you? Know it? What aren't you telling us? There's a silence. Whatever information you're concealing, I recommend you share it now. Harry. Albus and I had an argument. The day before last. 
Draco. And? Harry hesitates, and then makes brave eye contact with Draco. Harry. And I told him there were times when I wished he weren't my son. There's another silence, a profoundly powerful one, and then Draco takes a dangerous step towards Harry. Draco. If anything happens to Scorpius... Ginny steps in between Draco and Harry. Ginny. Don't throw around threats, Draco. Please don't do that. Draco. Roar. My son is missing! Ginny. An equal roar. So is mine! He meets her look. There's real emotion in this room. Draco. Lip curling. Every inch his father. If you need gold. Everything the Malfoys have. He's my sole heir. He's my... Only family. Hermione. The Ministry is plenty in reserve, thank you, Draco. Draco makes to leave. He stops. He looks at Harry. Draco. I don't care what you did or who you saved. You are a constant curse on my family, Harry Potter. Act 1. Scene 18. Ministry of Magic. Corridor. Scorpius as Harry. Are you sure it's in there? A guard walks past. Scorpius as Harry and Delphi as Hermione try to affect performances. Yes, Minister, I definitely think this is a matter for the Ministry to ponder at length. Yes. Guard with a nod. Minister? Delphi as Hermione. Let's ponder it together. The guard walks on. They let out a sigh of relief. It was my uncle's idea to use the Veritaserum. We slipped it into a visiting ministry official's drink. He told us that the time-turner had been kept and even told us where. The office of the Minister for Magic herself. She indicates a door. Suddenly, they hear a noise. Hermione from offstage. Harry, we should talk about it. Harry from offstage. There's nothing to talk about. Delphi as Hermione. Oh, no. Albus as Ron. Hermione and Dad. The panic is instant and infectious. Scorpius as Harry. Okay, hiding places. No hiding places. Anyone know any invisibility charms? Delphi as Hermione. Do we go in her office? Albus as Ron. She'll be coming to her office. Delphi as Hermione. There's nowhere else. She tries the door. She tries it again. Hermione from offstage. If you don't talk to me or Ginny about it. Scorpius as Harry. Stand back. Alohomora! He aims his wand at the door. The door swings open. He grins, delighted. Albus, block her. It has to be you. Harry from offstage. What is there to say? Albus as Ron. Me? Why? Delphi as Hermione. Well, it can't be either of us, can it? We are them. Hermione from offstage. What you said was obviously wrong, but there are more factors at play here than... Albus as Ron. But I can't. I can't. There's a small kerfuffle 
and then Albus as Ron ends up standing outside the door as Hermione and Harry enter from offstage. Harry. Hermione, I'm grateful for your concern, but there's no need. Hermione. Ron. Albus as Ron. Surprise! Hermione. What are you doing here? Albus as Ron. Does a man need an excuse to see his wife? He kisses Hermione firmly. Harry. I should go. Hermione. Harry, my point is, whatever Draco says, the things you said to Albus, I don't think it'll do any of us any good for you to dwell on it. Albus as Ron. Oh, you're talking about how Harry said sometimes he wished I... He corrects himself. Albus weren't his son. Hermione. Ron. Albus as Ron. Better out than in, that's what I say. Hermione. He'll know. We all say stuff we don't mean. He knows that. Albus as Ron. But what if sometimes we say stuff we do mean? What then? Hermione. Ron, now is not the time, honestly. Albus as Ron. Of course it isn't. Bye, bye, darling. Albus as Ron watches her go, hopeful she'll walk past her office and away. But of course she doesn't. He runs to block her before she enters through her door. He blocks her once, and then he blocks her again, swinging his hips to do so. Hermione. Why are you blocking the entrance to my office? Albus as Ron. I'm not blocking anything. She again makes for the door. He blocks her again. Hermione. You are. Let me into my room, Ron. Albus as Ron. Let's have another baby. Hermione tries to dodge past him. Hermione. What? Albus as Ron. Or if not another baby, a holiday. I want a baby or a holiday, and I'm going to insist on it. Shall we talk about it later, honey? She tries to get into the room one final time. He blocks her with a kiss. It develops into quite a struggle. Maybe with a drink in the leaky cauldron? Love you! Hermione relenting. If there's another stink pellet in there, then Merlin won't help you. Fine. We're due to update the muggles anyway. She exits. Harry exits with her. Albus says Ron turns towards the door. She re-enters, this time alone. A baby or a holiday? Some days you are off the scale, you know that. Albus as Ron. It's why you married me, isn't it? My puckish sense of fun. She exits again. He starts to open the door, but again she re-enters. He slams it closed. Hermione. I can taste fish. I told you to stay away from those fish finger sandwiches. Albus as Ron. Right you are. She exits. He checks she's gone and the relief floods out of him as he opens the door. Act 1, Scene 19 Ministry of Magic Hermione's Office Scorpius as Harry and Delphi as Tim are waiting on the other side of Hermione's office door as Albus as Ron enters. He slumps, exhausted. Albus as Ron This is all too weird. Delphi as Hermione You were impressive, Good blocking action. Scorpius as Harry. I don't know whether to high-five you or frown at you for kissing your aunt about five hundred times. 
Albus as Ron. Ron's an affectionate guy. I was trying to distract her, Scorpius. I did distract her. Scorpius as Harry. And then there's what your dad said. Delphi as Hermione. Boys, she will be back. We don't have long. Albus as Ron. To Scorpius as Harry. You heard that. Delphi as Hermione. Where would Hermione hide a time-turner? She looks around the room and sees the bookcases. Search the bookcases. They start to search. Scorpius as Harry looks at his friend, concerned. Scorpius as Harry. Why didn't you tell me? Albus as Ron. My dad says he wishes I weren't his son. Hardly a conversation starter, is it? Scorpius as Harry tries to work out what to say. Scorpius as Harry. I know the Voldemort thing isn't true, and you know, but sometimes I think I can see my dad thinking, how did I produce this? Albus as Ron. Still, better than my dad. I'm pretty sure he spends most of his time thinking, how can I give him back? Delphi as Hermione tries to pull Scorpius as Harry towards the bookcases. Delphi as Hermione. Maybe if we could concentrate on the matter at hand? Scorpius as Harry. My point is, there's a reason we're friends, Albus. A reason we found each other, you know? And whatever this adventure is about. Then he spots a book on the shelf that makes him frown. Have you seen the books on these shelves? There are some serious books here. Banned books. Cursed books. Albus as Ron. How to distract Scorpius from difficult emotional issues. Take him to a library. Scorpius as Harry. All the books from the restricted section, and then some. Magic Most Evil, 15th Century Fiends, Sonnets of a Sorcerer. That's not even allowed in Hogwarts. Albus as Ron. Shadows and Spirits, The Nightshade Guide to Necromancy. Delphi as Hermione. They are quite something, aren't they? Albus as Ron. The true history of the opal fire, the imperious curse, and how to abuse it. Scorpius as Harry. And looky here. Whoa! My Eyes and How to See Past Them by Sybil Trelawney. A book on divination. Hermione Granger hates divination. This is fascinating. This is a find. He pulls the book from the shelf, and it falls open and speaks. Book. The first is the fourth. A disappointing mark. You'll find it in parked, but not in park. Scorpius as Harry. Okay, a book that talks. Bit weird. Book. The second is the less fair of those that walk on two legs. Grubby, hairy, a disease of the egg. And the third is both a mountain to climb and a route to take. Albus as Ron. It's a riddle. It's giving us a riddle. Book. A turn in the city. A glide through a lake. Delphi as Hermione. What have you done? Scorpius as Harry. I, uh, I opened a book. Something which has, in all my years on this planet, never been a particularly dangerous activity. The books reach out and grab Albus as Ron. He only just eludes their grasp. Albus as Ron. 
What is that? Delphi as Hermione. She's weaponized it. She's weaponized her library. This is where the time turner will be. Solve the riddle and we'll find it. Albus as Ron. The first is a fourth. You'll find it in park, not in park. At the... The books start to try and swallow Delphi as Hermione. Scorpius as Harry. The second is a disease of the egg. The less fair of those who walk on two legs. Delphi as Hermione, effusively. Men. Dementors. We need to find a book on dementors. The bookcase pulls her in. Albus. Albus as Ron. Delphi, what is going on? Scorpius as Harry. Concentrate, Albus. Do what she said. Find a book on dementors and be very careful. Albus as Ron. Here, dominating dementors, a true history of Azkaban. The book flies open and swings dangerously at Scorpius as Harry, who has to dodge out of the way. He falls hard against a bookcase, which attempts to consume him. Book. I was born in a cage, but smashed it with rage. The gaunt inside me riddled me free of that which would stop me to be. Albus as Ron. Voldemort! Delphi plunges through the books, back as herself. Delphi, work faster! She's pulled back in, screaming. Albus as Ron. Delphi! Delphi! He tries to grab her hand, but she's gone. Scorpius as Harry. She'd become herself again. Did you notice? Albus as Ron. No, because I was more worried about her being eaten by a bookcase. Find... Something, anything on him. He finds a book. The Heir of Slytherin. Do you think... He pulls the book from the shelf. It pulls back. Albus as Ron is consumed by the bookcase. Scorpius as Harry. Albus! Albus! But Albus as Ron is gone. Okay, not that. Voldemort, Voldemort, Voldemort. He scans the shelves. Marvolo, the truth. This must be... He pulls it open. Again, it swings away, revealing a splintering light and a deeper voice than previously heard. Book. I am the creature you have not seen. I am you. I am me. The echo unforeseen. Sometimes in front, sometimes behind. A constant companion, for we are... Entwined. Albus emerges from the books, as himself again. Scorpius as Harry. Albus! He tries to grab him. Albus. No, just think! Albus is violently pulled back into the bookcase. Scorpius as Harry. But I can't! An invisible echo, what is that? The only thing I'm good at is thinking, and when I need to think, I can't! The books pull him inside them. He's powerless. This is terrifying. There's silence. Then bang. A shower of books are released from the bookcase and Scorpius re-emerges, smashing the books aside. Scorpius. No, you don't. Sybil Trelawney, no! He looks around, sunk but full of energy. This is all wrong. Albus, can you hear me? All this for a frigging time-turner. Think, Scorpius, think. 
Books try and grab him. Constant companion, sometimes behind, sometimes in front. Hang on, I've missed it. Shadow, you're a shadow. Shadows and spirits, it must be. He climbs up the bookcase, which is horrifying as it rises up at him. Grabbing at him with his every step, he pulls the book from the shelf. It comes out, and the noise and chaos suddenly stop. Is that? Suddenly, there's a smashing, and Albus and Delphi fall out of the shelves and down to the floor. We beat it. We beat the library. Albus, Delphi, are you? Delphi, wow, quite a ride. Albus notices the book Scorpius is holding to his chest. Albus, is that Scorpius? What's inside that book? Delphi, I think we should find out, don't you? Scorpius opens the book. In the centre of it, a spinning time turner. Scorpius, we found the time turner. I never thought we'd get this far. Albus, mate, now we've got this. The next stop is saving Cedric. Our journey has only just begun. Scorpius, only just begun, and it's almost half killed us. Good. This is going to be good. Whispers rise to a roar, and we cut to black. Interval. Part One, Act Two. Act Two, Scene One, Dream, Privet Drive, Cupboard Under the Stairs, Aunt Petunia. Harry, Harry, these pots aren't clean. These pots are a disgrace, Harry Potter. Wake up. Young Harry wakes to see Aunt Petunia bearing down on him. Young Harry, Aunt Petunia, what time is it? Aunt Petunia, time enough. You know. When we agreed to take you in, we hoped we could improve you, build you, make you a decent human being. So I suppose it's only ourselves we've got to blame that you've turned out such a limp disappointment. Young Harry, I try. Aunt Petunia, trying is not succeeding, though, is it? There are grease smears on the glasses. There are scuff marks on the pots. Now get up and go to the kitchen and get scrubbing. He gets out of bed. There's a wet smear down the back of his trousers. Oh no! Oh no! What have you done? You've wet the bed again. She pulls back the covers. This is very unacceptable, young Harry. I'm sorry. I think I was having a nightmare. Aunt Petunia, you disgusting boy! Only animals wet themselves. Animals and disgusting little boys, young Harry. It was about my mum and dad. I think I saw them. I think I saw them die. Aunt Petunia, and why would I have the slightest bit of interest in that? Young Harry, there was a man shouting, "Ad cover, ad something, acabra, ad," and the noise of a snake hissing. I could hear my mum scream. Aunt Petunia takes a moment to reset herself. Aunt Petunia, if you were really reliving their death, all you'd hear would be a screech of brakes and a horrific thud. Your parents died in a car accident. You know that. 
I don't think your mother had even time to scream. Lord, spare you the details more than that. Now strip those sheets, get in the kitchen and get scrubbing. I don't want to have to tell you again. She exits with a bang, and young Harry is left holding the sheets. And the stage contorts and trees rise as the dream twists into something else entirely. Suddenly, Albus appears and stands looking at young Harry. And then, right from the back of the room, parcel-tongue whispers around everyone. He's coming. He's coming. Words said with an unmistakable voice. The voice of Voldemort. Harry Potter. Act Two. Scene Two. Harry and Ginny Potter's house. Staircase. Harry wakes in the darkness, breathing deeply, his exhaustion palpable, his fear overwhelming. Harry. Lumos. Ginny enters, surprised by the light. Ginny. Okay. Harry. I was sleeping. Ginny. You were. Harry. You weren't. Any news? Any owls or... Ginny. None. Harry. I was dreaming. I was under the stairs and then I... I heard him. Voldemort. So clearly. Ginny. Voldemort. Harry. And then I saw... Albus. In red. He was wearing Durmstrang robes. Ginny. Durmstrang robes. Harry thinks. Harry. Ginny. I think I know where he is. Act 2, Scene 3. Hogwarts Headmistress's Office. Harry and Ginny stand in Professor McGonagall's office. Professor McGonagall. And we don't know where in the Forbidden Forest. Harry. I haven't had a dream like it for years, but Albus was there. I know he was. Ginny. We need to get searching as quickly as possible. Professor McGonagall. I can give you Professor Longbottom... His knowledge of plants might be useful, and... Suddenly there is a rumble in the chimney. Professor McGonagall looks at it concerned. Then Hermione tumbles out. Hermione. Is it true? Can I help? Professor McGonagall. Minister, this is quite unexpected. Ginny. That may be my fault. I persuaded them to put out an emergency edition of the Daily Prophet, asking for volunteers. Professor McGonagall. Right. Very sensible. I expect there will be quite a few. Ron bursts in, covered in soot, wearing a gravy-stained dinner napkin. Ron. Have I missed anything? I couldn't work out which flu to travel to. Ended up in the kitchen somehow. Hermione glares as he pulls the napkin off himself. What? Suddenly, there is another rumble in the chimney, and Draco comes down hard, surrounded by cascading soot and dust. Everyone looks at him. Surprised, he stands and brushes the soot off himself. Draco. 
Sorry about your flaw, Minerva, Professor McGonagall. I dare say it's my fault for owning a chimney. Harry, quite a surprise to see you, Draco. I thought you didn't believe in my dreams. Draco, I don't, but I do trust your luck. Harry Potter is always where the action is at, and I need my son back with me, and safe. Ginny, then let's get to the Forbidden Forest and find them both. Act Two, Scene Four, Edge of the Forbidden Forest. Albus and Delphi face each other, holding wands. Albus, Expelliarmus! Delphi's wand flies through the air. Delphi, you're getting it now. You're good at this. She takes a wand back from him, in a posh voice. You're a positively disarming young man. Albus, Expelliarmus! Her wand flies back again. Delphi, and we have a winner. The two high five. Albus, I've never been good at spells. Scorpius appears at the back of the stage. He looks at his friend talking to a girl, and part of him likes it, and part of him doesn't. Delphi, I was rubbish, and then something clicked, and it will for you too. Not that I'm a super witch or anything, but I think you're becoming quite some wizard, Albus Potter. Albus, then you should stick around. Teach me more. Delphi, of course I'm sticking around. We're friends, aren't we? Albus, yes, yes, definitely friends, definitely. Delphi, great, Wizzo. Scorpius, what's Wizzo? Scorpius steps forward decisively. Albus, crack the spell. I mean, it's pretty basic, but I was, well, I cracked it. Scorpius, over enthusiastic, trying to join in, and I find our way through to the school. Listen, are we sure this will work? Delphi, yes. Albus, it's a brilliant plan. The secret to not getting Cedric killed. Is to stop him winning the Tri Wizard Tournament. If he doesn't win, he can't be killed. Scorpius, and I understand that, but Albus, so we just need to mess up his chances supremely badly in Task One. The first task is getting a golden egg from a dragon. How did Cedric distract the dragon? Delphi puts her hand in the air. Albus grins and points at her. These two are getting on really well now. Delphi, by transfiguring a stone into a dog, Albus. Well, a little expelliarmus, and he won't be able to do that. Scorpius isn't enjoying the Delphi-Albus double act. Scorpius, okay, two points. First point, we're certain the dragon won't kill him. Delphi, it's always two points with him, isn't it? Of course it won't. This is Hogwarts. They won't let damage happen to any of the champions. Scorpius, okay. Second point, more significant point. We're going back without any knowledge of whether we can travel back afterwards, which is exciting. Maybe we should just try going back an hour, say first, and then. Delphi, I'm sorry, Scorpius. We've no time to waste. Waiting here this close to the school is just too dangerous. I'm sure they'll be looking for you. And Albus, she's right. Delphi. 
Now, you're going to need to wear these. She pulls out two large paper bags. The boys pull out robes from them. Albus. But these are Durmstrang robes. Delphi. My uncle's idea. If you're in Hogwarts robes, people will expect to know who you are. But there are two other schools competing at the Triwizard Tournament. And if you're in Durmstrang robes, well, you can fade into the background, can't you? Albus. Good thinking. Hang on, where are your robes? Delphi. Albus, I'm flattered, but I don't think I can pretend to be a student, do you? I'll just keep in the background and pretend to be... Ooh, maybe I could pretend to be a dragon tamer. You're doing all the spell stuff anyway. Scorpius looks at her and then at Albus. Scorpius. You shouldn't come. Delphi. What? Scorpius. You're right. We don't need you for the spell, and if you can't wear student robes, you're too big a risk. Sorry, Delphi. You shouldn't come. Delphi. But I have to. He's my cousin. Albus. Albus. I think he's right. I'm sorry. Delphi. What? Albus. We won't mess up. Delphi. But without me, you won't be able to work the time-turner. Scorpius. You taught us how to use the time-turner. Delphi is really upset. Delphi. No. I won't let you do this. Albus. You told your uncle to trust us. Now it's your turn. The school is close now. We should leave you here. Delphi looks at them both and takes a deep breath. She nods to herself and smiles. Delphi. Then go. But just know this. Today you get an opportunity few are given. Today you get to change history. To change time itself. But more than all that, today you get the chance to give an old man his son back. She smiles. She looks at Albus. She leans down and gently kisses him on both cheeks. She walks away into the woodland. Albus stares after her. Scorpius. She didn't kiss me. Did you notice? He looks at his friend. Are you okay, Albus? You look a little pale. And red. Pale and red at the same time. Albus. Let's do this. Act 2, Scene 5. The Forbidden Forest. The forest seems to grow bigger, thicker, and amongst the trees, people searching, looking for the missing wizards. But slowly people melt away until Harry is left alone. He hears something. He turns to his right. Harry. Albus? Scorpius? Albus? And then he hears the sound of hooves. Harry is startled. He looks around for where the noise is coming from. Suddenly, Bane steps forward into the light. He is a magnificent centaur. Bane. Harry Potter. Harry. Good. You still recognise me, Bane? Bane. You've grown older. Harry. I have. Bane. But not wiser. For you trespass on our land. I have always respected the centaurs. We are not enemies. You fought bravely at the Battle of Hogwarts, and I fought beside you. Bane. I did my part. But for my herd, 
and our honour. Not for you. And after the battle, the forest was deemed centaur land. And if you're on our land, without permission, then you are our enemy. Harry, my son is missing, Bane. I need help finding him. Bane, and he is here, in our forest? Harry, yes. Bane, then he is as stupid as you are. Harry, can you help me, Bane? There's a pause. Bane looks down at Harry imperiously. Bane, I can only tell you what I know, but I tell you not for your benefit, but for the benefit of my herd. The centaurs do not need another war. Harry, neither do we. What do you know? Bane, I've seen your son, Harry Potter. Seen him in the movements of the stars. Harry, you've seen him in the stars? Bane, I can't tell you where he is. I can't tell you how you'll find him. Harry, but you've seen something. You've divined something. Bane, there is a black cloud around your son. A dangerous black cloud. Harry, around Albus. Bane, a black cloud that may endanger us all. You'll find your son again, Harry Potter. But then you could lose him forever. He makes a sound like a horse's cry, and then makes hard away, leaving a bewildered Harry behind. Harry begins to search again, now with even more fervour. Harry. Albus! Albus! Act Two, Scene Six. Edge of the Forbidden Forest. Scorpius and Albus round a corner to be faced with a gap in the trees, a gap through which is visible a glorious light. Scorpius. And there it is. Albus. Hogwarts. Never seen this view of it before. Scorpius. Still get a tingle, don't you? When you see it. Then revealed through the trees is Hogwarts, a splendid mass of bulbous buildings and towers. From the moment I first heard of it, I was desperate to go. I mean, Dad didn't much like it there, but even the way he described it, from the age of ten, I'd check the Daily Prophet first thing every morning. Certain some sort of tragedy would have befallen it. Certain I wouldn't get to go. Albus. And then you got there and it turned out to be terrible after all. Scorpius. Not for me. Albus looks at his friend, shocked. All I ever wanted to do was go to Hogwarts and have a mate to get up to mayhem with. Just like Harry Potter. And I got his son. How crazily fortunate is that? Albus. But I'm nothing like my dad. Scorpius. You're better. You're my best friend, Albus. And this is mayhem to the nth degree. Which is great. Thumbs up great. It's just, I've got to say, I don't mind admitting, I am a tiny bit, just a tiny bit, scared. Albus looks at Scorpius and smiles. Albus. You're my best friend too, and don't worry, I have a good feeling about this. We hear Ron's voice from off, 
He's clearly in close proximity. Ron. Albus! Albus! Albus turns towards it, scared. Albus. But we've got to go. Now. Albus takes the time-turner from Scorpius. He presses down upon it, and the time-turner begins to vibrate, and then explodes into a storm of movement. And with it, the stage starts to transform. The two boys look at it, and there is a giant whoosh of light, a smash of noise, and time stops. And then it turns over, thinks a bit, and begins spooling backwards, slow at first, and then it speeds up. Act 2, Scene 7, Tri-Wizard Tournament, Edge of the Forbidden Forest, 1994. Suddenly, everything is a riot of noise, as a crowd consumes Albus and Scorpius, and suddenly the greatest showman on earth, his words, not ours, is on stage, using Sonoros to amplify his voice, and, well, he's having a ball. Ludo Bagman Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I give you the greatest, the fabulous, the one and the only Tri-Wizard Tournament! There's a loud cheer. If you're from Hogwarts, give me a cheer! There's a loud cheer. If you're from Durmstrang, give me a cheer. There's a loud cheer. And if you're from Bobaton, give me a cheer. There's a slightly limp cheer. Slightly less enthusiastic from the French there. Scorpius, smiling. This has worked. That's Ludo Bagman. Ludo Bagman. And there they are. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I present to you the reason why we're all here. The champions! Representing Durmstrang, what eyebrows, what a gate, what a boy. There's nothing he won't try on a broomstick. It's Victor Crazy Crumb! Scorpius and Albus, who are really getting into playing the Durmstrang students now, Go, go, crazy crumb! Go, go, crazy crumb! Ludo Bagman. From the Bobaton Academy, Zootalor, it's Fleur de la There's some polite applause. And from Hogwarts, not one, but two students. He makes us all go weaky at the kneesy. He's Cedric Delicious Diggory! The crowd go wild. And then the other. You know him as the boy who lived. I know him as the boy who keeps surprising us all. Albus. That's my dad. Ludo Bagman. Yes, it's Harry Plucky Potter. There's cheering, particularly from a nervous-looking girl at the edge of the crowd. This is young Hermione played by the same actress as plays Rose. It is noticeable that the cheering for Harry is slightly less than that for Cedric. And now, silence please all. The first task. Retrieving a golden egg from a nest of 
ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I give you dragons! And guiding the dragons, Charlie Weasley! There are more cheers. Young Hermione, if you're going to stand so close, I'd rather you didn't breathe on me quite so much. Scorpius, Rose, what are you doing here? Young Hermione, who's Rose and what's happened to your accent? Albus, with a bad accent, sorry, Hermione, he's got you mixed up with someone else. Young Hermione, how do you know my name? Ludo Bagman. And with no time to lose, let's bring out our first champion. Facing a Swedish short snout, I give you Cedric Diggory. A dragon roar distracts young Hermione, and Albus readies his wand. And Cedric Diggory has entered the stage, and he seems ready, scared but ready. He dodges this way, he dodges that. The girls swoon as he dives for cover. They cry as one. Don't damage our Diggory, Mister Dragon. Scorpius looks concerned. Scorpius, Albus, something is going wrong. The time turner—it's shaking. A ticking begins. An incessant, dangerous ticking. It's coming from the time turner. Ludo Bagman, and Cedric skirts left, and he dives right, and he readies his wand. What has this young, brave, handsome man got up his sleeves now? Albus extending his wand. Expelliarmus! Cedric's wand is summoned to Albus's hand. Ludo Bagman. But no! What's this? Is it dark magic or is it something else entirely? Cedric Diggory is disarmed. Scorpius. Albus, I think the time turner. Something is wrong. The time turner's ticking gets louder still. Ludo Bagman. And it's all going wrong for Diggers. This could be the end of the task for him. The end of the tournament. Scorpius grabs Albus. There's a crescendo in the ticking and the flash, and time is turned back to the present, with Albus hollering in pain. Scorpius, Albus, did it hurt you? Albus, are you? Albus, what happened? Scorpius, there must be some limit. The time turner must have some kind of time limit. Albus, do you think we've done it? Do you think we've changed anything? Suddenly, the stage is invaded from all sides by Harry, Ron, who now has a side parting and whose wardrobe choices have become rather more staid. Jenny and Draco. Scorpius looks at them all, and slips the time turner back into his pocket. Albus looks at them rather more blankly. He's in a lot of pain. Ron, I told you. I told you I saw them. Scorpius, I think we're about to find out. Albus, hello, Dad. Is something wrong? Harry looks at his son disbelievingly. Harry, yes, you could say that. Albus collapses onto the floor. Harry and Ginny rush to help. Act two, scene eight. Hogwarts Hospital Wing. Albus is asleep in a hospital bed. Harry sits, troubled, beside him. Above them is a picture of a concerned, kindly man. Harry rubs his eyes, stands, and walks around the room, stretching his back. And then he meets eyes with the painting, 
which looked startled to be spotted, and Harry looked startled back. Harry. Professor Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Good evening, Harry. Harry. I've missed you. Whenever I've dropped in on the headmistress lately, your frame's been empty. Dumbledore. Ah, well, I do like to pop into my other portraits now and then. He looks at Albus. Will he be all right? Harry. He's been out for twenty-four hours, mostly in order so Madame Pomfrey could reset his arm. She said it was the strangest thing. It's like it was broken twenty years ago and allowed to set in the most contrary of directions. She says he'll be fine. Dumbledore. A difficult thing, I imagine, to watch your child in pain. Harry looks up at Dumbledore and then down at Albus. Harry. I've never asked how you felt about me naming him after you, have I? Dumbledore. Candidly, Harry, it seemed a great weight to place upon the poor boy. Harry. I need your help. I need your advice. Bane says Albus is in danger. How do I protect my son, Dumbledore? Dumbledore. You ask me, of all people, how to protect a boy in terrible danger. We cannot protect the young from harm. Pain must and will come. Harry. So I'm supposed to stand and watch? Dumbledore. No. You're supposed to teach him how to meet life. Harry. How? He won't listen. Dumbledore. Perhaps he's waiting for you to see him clearly. Harry frowns as he tries to digest this, with sensitivity. It is a portrait's curse and blessing to hear things. At the school, at the ministry, I hear people talking. Harry. And what is the gossip about me and my son? Dumbledore. Not gossip. Concern. That you two are struggling. That he's difficult. That he is angry with you. I have formed the impression that, perhaps, you are blinded by your love for him. Harry. Blinded? Dumbledore. You must see him as he is, Harry. You must look for what's wounding him. Harry. Haven't I seen him as he is? What's wounding my son? He thinks. Or is it who's wounding my son? Albus mumbles in his sleep. Dad. Harry. This black cloud. It's someone, isn't it? Not something. Dumbledore. Ah, really? What does my opinion matter any more? I am paint and memory, Harry. Paint and memory. And I never had a son. Harry. But I need your advice. Albus. Dad. Harry looks at Albus and then back at Dumbledore. But Dumbledore is gone. Harry. No. Where have you gone now? Albus. We're in the hospital wing. Harry turns his attention back to Albus. Harry, discombobulated. Yes, and you're, you will be fine. For recuperation, Madame Pomfrey wasn't sure what to prescribe and said you should probably eat lots of chocolate. Actually, do you mind if I have some? 
I've got something to tell you, and I don't think you'll like it. Albus looks at his dad. What does he have to say? He decides not to engage. Albus. Okay. I think. Harry takes some chocolate. He eats a big chunk. Albus looks at his dad, confused. Better? Harry. Much. He holds out the chocolate to his son. Albus takes a piece. Father and son munch together. The arm. How does it feel? Albus flexes his arm. Albus. It feels great. Harry, soft. Where did you go, Albus? I can't tell you what it did to us. Your mum was worried sick. Albus looks up. He is a great liar. Albus. We decided we didn't want to come to school. We thought we could start again. In the muggle world. We discovered we were wrong. We were coming back to Hogwarts when you found us. Harry. In Durmstrang robes. Albus. The robes were... The whole thing. Scorpius and I, we, we didn't think. Harry. And why? Why did you run? Because of me. Because of what I said. Albus. I don't know. Hogwarts isn't actually that pleasant a place when you don't fit in. Harry. And did Scorpius encourage you to go? Albus. Scorpius, no. Harry looks at Albus, trying to see almost an aura around him, thinking deeply. Harry. I need you to stay away from Scorpius Malfoy. Albus. What? Scorpius? Harry. I don't know how you became friends in the first place, but you did, and now I need you to... Albus. My best friend. My only friend. Harry. He's dangerous. Albus. Scorpius. Dangerous. Have you met him? Dad, if you honestly think he's the son of Voldemort. Harry. I don't know what he is. I just know you need to stay away from him. Bane told me... Albus. Who's Bane? Harry. A centaur with profound divination skills. He said there's a black cloud around you and... Albus. A black cloud? Harry. And I have very good reason to believe that dark magic is in a resurgence and I need to keep you safe from it. Safe from him. Safe from Scorpius. Albus hesitates a moment and then his face strengthens. Albus. Then if I won't, stay away from him? Harry looks at his son, thinking quickly. Harry. There's a map. It used to be used for those wanting to get up to no good. Now we're going to use it to keep an eye, a permanent eye, on you. Professor McGonagall will watch your every movement. Any time you are seen together, she'll come flying. Any time you attempt to leave Hogwarts, she'll fly. I expect you to go to your lessons, none of which you will now share with Scorpius, and between times, you will stay in the Gryffindor common room. Albus. You can't make me go into Gryffindor. I'm Slytherin. Harry. Don't play games, Albus. You know what house you are. If she finds you with Scorpius, I will fix you with a spell, which will allow me eyes and ears into your every movement, your every conversation. In the meantime, investigations will begin in my department as to his true heritage. Albus, starting to cry. But, Dad, you can't. That's just not... Harry, 
I thought for a long time I wasn't a good enough dad for you because you didn't like me. It's only now I realise that I don't need you to like me. I need you to obey me because I'm your dad and I do know better. I'm sorry, Albus. It has to be this way. Act 2, Scene 9. Hogwarts. Staircases. Albus pursues Harry across the stage. Albus. What if I run? I'll run. Harry. Albus, get back in bed. Albus. I'll run away again. Harry. No, you won't. Albus. I will, and this time I'll make sure Ron can't find us. Ron. Do I hear my name? Ron enters on a staircase, his side parting now super aggressive, his robes just a little bit too short, his clothes now spectacularly stayed. Albus. Uncle Ron, thank Dumbledore. If ever we needed one of your jokes, it's now. Ron frowns, confused. Ron. Jokes? I don't know any jokes. Albus. Of course you do. You run a joke shop. Ron, now supremely confused. A joke shop? Well, now. Anyway, I'm pleased I caught you. I was going to bring some sweets. For a, a sort of a get well soon, but... I, actually, Padma, she thinks about things a lot more deeply than I do, and she thought it'd be nicer for you to get something useful for school. So we got you a set of quills. Yes, yes, yes. Look at these bad boys, top of the range. Albus. Who's Padma? Harry frowns at Albus. Harry. Your aunt. Albus. I have an aunt, Padma. Ron. To Harry. Taken a confundus charm to the head, has he? To Albus. My wife, Padma. You remember. Talks slightly too close to your face. Smells a bit minty. Leans in. Padma. Mother of Panju. To Harry. That's why I'm here, of course. Panju, he's in trouble again. I wanted to just send a howler, but Padma insisted I come in person. I don't know why. He just laughs at me. Albus. But you're married to Hermione. Beat. Ron doesn't understand this at all. Ron. Hermione? No. No. Merlin's beard. Harry. Albus has also forgotten that he was sorted into Gryffindor, conveniently. Ron. Yes, well, sorry, old chap, but you're a Gryffindor. Albus. But how did I get sorted into Gryffindor? Ron. You persuaded the sorting hat, don't you remember? Panju bet you that you couldn't get into Gryffindor if your life depended on it, so you chose Gryffindor to spite him. I can't blame you, dryly. We'd all like to wipe the smile off his face sometimes, wouldn't we? Terrified. Please don't tell Padma I said that. Albus. Who's Penju? Ron and Harry stare at Albus. Ron. Bloody hell, you're really not yourself, are you? Anyway, better go, before I'm sent to Howler myself. He stumbles on, not even an inch of the man he was. Albus. But that doesn't make sense. Harry. Albus, whatever you're feigning, it isn't working. I will not change my mind. Albus. Dad, you have two choices. Either you take me to... Harry. No, you're the one with the choice, Albus. You do this, 
or you get in deeper, much deeper trouble. Do you understand? Scorpius. Albus, you're okay. That's fantastic. Harry. He's completely cured, and we've got to go. Albus looks up at Scorpius, and his heart breaks. He walks on. Scorpius. Are you mad at me? What's going on? Albus stops and turns to Scorpius. Albus. Did it work? Did any of it work? Scorpius. No, but Albus. Harry. Albus, whatever gibberish you're talking, you need to stop it now. This is your final warning. Albus looks torn between his dad and his friend. Albus. I can't, okay? Scorpius. You can't what? Albus. Just, we'll be better off without each other, okay? Scorpius is left looking up after him, heartbroken. Act 2, Scene 10. Hogwarts, Headmistress's Office. Professor McGonagall is full of unhappiness. Harry is full of purpose. Ginny is not sure what she's supposed to be. Professor McGonagall. I'm not sure this is what the Marauder's Map was intended for. Harry. If you see them together, then get to them as quickly as possible and keep them separate. Professor McGonagall. Harry, are you sure this is the right decision? Because far be it for me to doubt the wisdom of the centaurs, but Bean is an extremely angry centaur, and it's not beyond him to twist the constellations for his own ends. Harry. I trust Bane. Albus is to stay away from Scorpius, for his sake and others. Ginny. I think what Harry means is... Harry, with finality. The Professor knows what I mean. Ginny looks at Harry, surprised that he talked to her that way. Professor McGonagall. Albus has been checked by the greatest witches and wizards in the country, and no one can find or sense a hex or a curse. Harry. And Dumbledore? Dumbledore said, Professor McGonagall. What? Harry. His portrait, we spoke. He said some things which made sense. Professor McGonagall. Dumbledore is dead, Harry, and I've told you before... Portraits don't represent even half of their subjects. Harry. He said love had blinded me. Professor McGonagall. A head teacher's portrait is a memoir. It is supposed to be a support mechanism for the decisions I have to make. But I was advised as I took this job to not mistake the painting for the person. And you would be well advised to do the same. Harry. But he was right. I see it now. Professor McGonagall. Harry, you've been put under enormous pressure. The loss of Albus, the search for him, the fears as to what your scar might mean. But trust me when I tell you, you are making a mistake. Harry. Albus didn't like me before. He might not like me again, but he will be safe. With the greatest respect, Minerva, you don't have children. Ginny. Harry! Harry, you don't understand. Professor McGonagall, deeply hurt. I'd hope that a lifetime spent in the teaching profession would mean... Harry, this map 
will reveal to you where my son is at all times. I expect you to use it, and if I hear you don't, then I will come down on this school as hard as I can, using the full force of the ministry. Is that understood? Professor McGonagall, bewildered by this vitriol. Perfectly. Ginny looks at Harry, unsure of what he's become. He doesn't look back. 